is the only bank devoted exclusively to entrepreneurs. And we're committed to the success of women entrepreneurs and majority women-owned companies across Canada. As a proud partner of the Thrive Podcast, we're here to help you start, grow, or scale your business. Find out more at bdc.ca forward slash women today. Scotiabank is proud to co-present the Thrive Podcast for Women Entrepreneurs. Through the Scotiabank Women Initiative, Scotiabank aims to help advance women-led businesses with access to capital, education, and mentorship. To learn more, visit scotiabankwomeninitiative.com. listening to the Thrive Podcast on the Startup Canada Podcast Network, where we help women entrepreneurs to start and build thriving businesses. On the Thrive Podcast, we connect you with leading experts, entrepreneurs, and organizations that provide capital, mentorship, training, tools, and other support to help you make your vision a reality faster. This podcast is a production of Startup Canada, Canada's entrepreneurship organization, and is presented in partnership with the Business Development Bank of Canada and Scotiabank. I'm your host, Kayla Isabel, Executive Director at Startup Canada. Welcome to the show. We are thrilled to have Michelle Romanow on our show today. Michelle is a Canadian tech entrepreneur, television personality, and venture capitalist. In 2015, she co-founded ClearBank, provider of revenue-sharing solutions to help fund small businesses headquartered in Toronto. She's currently the director of Vale Resorts and Freshie, the international restaurant franchise. Michelle was the only Canadian on the Forbes Top 20 Most Disruptive Millennials on a Mission list in 2013, made the list of the 100 Most Powerful Women in Canada in 2015, and received the Canadian Innovation Awards Angel Investor of the Year in 2018. She's been a cast member on the CBC's Dragon's Den since season 10. She was also an award presenter during this year's Startup Canada Regional Canadian Export Challenge Tour. Most recently, Michelle has partnered with Audible for the Audible original podcast, The Revisionaries, where she sits down with today's leading business innovators and entrepreneurs to reveal the early pitfalls and landmines they encountered on their journeys to becoming visionaries. Welcome to the show, Michelle. Oh, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. So let's just dive right into today's conversation, Michelle. Um, in the series opening, you know, you discussed launching five startups before the age of 33 and that your business, ClearBank, has invested $1 billion into new ventures. Yet, you know, you still failed more times in your career, like many entrepreneurs, than you've succeeded. Um, can you tell us about your most important and revolutionary failure? Um, well, there is never any one failure because there are just so many. I mean, being an entrepreneur is a career where you fail 80% of the time, 80% of the ideas um, you try, even when you've done this for your whole career, don't work. It's That's the process of innovation is you only get great innovation through iteration, through trying other things. And so I always think it's my job to talk about all the things that didn't work. I mean, you know, we built, um, I graduated university. We figured out that worldwide supply of caviar was down by 95% because the world had overfished the Caspian Sea. And we were crazy enough to move to the East Coast of Canada and build a fishery from scratch, which mm -hmm. turned out to be a great business because chefs couldn't find the product. The problem was we went into a giant recession in 2008, and I find myself being a 21-year-old selling the world's most 
unnecessary luxury product. And that was just the first of many. I mean, as we were building Bytopia, I remember, you know, we looked at basically the Uber Eats business model before there was Uber Eats, you know, getting restaurants to sign up for um, takeout and delivery, you know, built this whole platform. We got a hundred restaurants on board. Like these aren't, you know, just like, oh, we had an idea and worked on it for five minutes. I mean, we built like thousands of lines of software, got a hundred restaurants, got many, many paying customers and just couldn't make the unit economics work. And so that has happened with, you know, just an enormous amount of projects throughout my career. Um, and it's the stories that as founders, we just never have the time to tell, which is why, you know, I think the revisionaries is going to be so eye-opening for so many young founders. Mm. And for the listeners who don't already know, what is your new Audible original podcast, The Revisionaries, about? So it is about these intimate stories of founders. And it's not the glossy version of the story. It's actually you know, the failures that went along with building. Um, and they're really intimate conversations. It's the kind of conversations you'd have if you were just with your friends and family after a couple of glasses of wine. And mm. one of the interesting things about this show is that, you know, I did the deal with Audible just before Christmas. Um, and when we started taping the show, we were in the middle of COVID. And mm. so, you know, Audible needs really high sound quality. And so we had to ask every single founder that I interviewed. I mean, these are the founders of some of the biggest brands in Canada, Endy, Canada Goose, Nixware, um, to basically do the podcast recording with me in their closet, because a closet <laughs> is what has the least echo and the mm. most sound dampening. So you imagine this, we're both in our closets. We are both, you know, a month into COVID thinking like, oh my God, the whole world has flipped upside down. What are we going to do? And you get to hear these really intimate stories of how these businesses were built and how most of the founders along the way, you know, never thought these things were going to succeed. Mm, I love that. And it's, it's so interesting. It's a great tip for our Thrive podcast that we could be recording these from closets. But, you know, going through the pandemic and almost processing this advice in real time, I always find that the, the key piece of advice that I need, I get through the Thrive podcast and in, in having some of these conversations. So I'm sure you had uh, similar feelings throughout those, those different conversations. Totally. I mean, and that's the thing that, you know, you have to learn about founders is even the most successful companies in the world, you know, the founders had years and many, many times where it, this, these companies were not even close to making it. Um, mm. And so it's how they continue to innovate, um, you know, during this, um, that period of time. And especially when we're in an environment now where there's going to be so many new startups built, the world has just entirely changed what it needed. Um, and so I think this is going to be an incredible, like a scary period for entrepreneurship, but like one where we will see a ton of entrepreneurs um, start up. Mm. And you mentioned that the revisionaries and the idea behind it came about pre-COVID. I think it's incredibly topical, obviously, now to be having these conversations. Um, but how did the idea come to be? What was your experience early days developing this concept with Audible? Yeah, I, you know, it was really... Um... It was really something I had wanted to do for a long time because I always think that's like my duty is, you know, even when people describe my career path, they're they're very polite and they're like, okay, well, this worked and this worked and this worked. And I'm mm. like, along the way, that's not what it felt like at all. It felt like I was failing most of the time. Most nights I went to bed with a ton of anxiety being like, none of this is ever going to work. This is going to be so embarrassing. Um, and, um, and so I wanted to share some of my own stories of how this feels, because then I think 
you know, that should be a huge source of inspiration for people is they will see that like, you know, Raj Ruparel that started Endy, like, I mean, he built, he tried to build 20 other companies before that, a couple mm-hmm. of which were successful, a couple of which, you know, didn't turn out at all. I mean, he built a website where he tried to sell each pixel to an advertiser and he was like, I realized that really wasn't a business model. <laughs> Not um, <quite>. <laughs> or, you know, Joanna that, you know, ran around, you know, she's at INSEAD saying, look, I want to make sexy diapers. And everyone's like, okay, that's like a quite an idea. Um, and she ends up building, you know, probably one of the biggest intimates companies in, um, in North America now. So it's just, it's been really, um, it was really incredible. I can tell you that the founders that I interviewed, um, I knew almost all of them before we did this podcast. And so Mm. we were coming at it like friends, many of them I had known for 10 years or more. And so we talked about the early parts that we remembered on the journey. Um, You know, you'll get to hear Mike Cervinas' story about how he started his career working with Elon Musk. Um, So there are some just incredible tidbits um, in the podcast that I think users will love. Amazing. And just, I, th- I think it's particularly around this topic of failure without having that honest conversation, um, you know, there's so much lost potential that if you're having really honest and candid um, conversations with these leaders that, that many people don't think of as, you know, having failed in their careers, um, the impact is so incredible of bringing that to the public. So I'm really excited about listening. And so going against, uh, you know, that idea of failure and, and that that is revisited consistently throughout the entire series, why do you think that failure is such an important component to showcase um, and something that particularly startups need to embrace uh, in that landscape? Well, failure is a byproduct of success. Like it just, Mm. it happens and you have to figure out how to iterate really quickly. And so it's not like failure for the sake of like not doing well. It's actually learning from every experiment you tried, figuring out the five or 10% of things that worked and then parlaying those into the next experiment you're running. And it's that relentless experimentation and test and learn that allows something to really work and really become big. And so I think that's the hard part is, you know, most most careers do not have to endure this kind of, you know, stuff not working, right? Mm. It's uh, more often than not, you can, you know, go be reasonably competent and get your get your work done. I mean, if you're trying to disrupt an industry, I mean, look at what we've done at ClearBank, right? We mm-hmm. came to the market and said, it's a really bad deal for founders to give up equity and control of their company to buy Google and Facebook ads. I mean, that was what we started. And 300 people on Wall Street told to us we were absolutely crazy, that we were giving small businesses capital without personal guarantees. And we were pretty sure that our data story would play out and that we would have more information. And, you know, I don't think any of us, including ourselves, guessed from there, you know, two years later, we would have given, we've invested now a billion dollars into 3,300 different e-commerce companies, making us the largest e-commerce investor in the world um, and pioneered this incredible movement around, you know, revenue share, non-dilutive financing. And Mm -hmm. so, um, but, you know, at the beginning, uh, it didn't work. At the beginning, we lost 20% of the dollars we put in. So that was completely unsustainable. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of learning um, that had to go to that place. But it was honestly a a five-year story of a lot of iteration to get to kind of one big innovation. 
Mm, and you hear so often people encouraging, you know, you have to fail fast. Um, and, you know, mm-hmm. and, and this concept of failing again, but failing better uh, is something that, um, you know, I think many entrepreneurs can really take to heart. And once we get into that mindset, there's potentially some great benefits. Can you talk about that idea of really failing again, but failing better? What does that look like? I think it's this process of iteration. Like every time you do a test, you should be learning something. And, you know, certainly like experience does matter, right? It's like, I'm mm-hmm. now sent out, you know, a thousand promotional emails in my life. So I'm like, yeah, this button should probably be here. And um, <laughs> this this should probably go here. This is a better way to capture attention. And that doesn't mean I'm always right. It just means you learned um, from what you did, did previously. And then, you know, you, you touched on this idea of fail fast. Mm-hmm. I think this is one thing that it's very hard for for folks to understand. Like as mm-hmm. a startup, your only competitive advantage is speed. So just like take a second and internalize for that for a second. That actually means that as much as you talk about other competitive advantages or a partnership or access to a data source or something, your real only competitive advantage is moving faster than other people. Because if you think about it, big companies can do everything better than you do. They have way more capital. They have, they can hire, um, you know, way more talent. Uh, they have mm-hmm. deeper relationships with government and partners. They have leverage that they can use to swing their weight around. The only thing big companies can't do very well is move quickly because they have huge structures and processes and, and a business, a, a real business to lose by doing something. And so we do all sorts of things at ClearBank to make sure that we continue to move quickly, that we're, you know, we always talk about like this, this rule. It's like, it's not on Tuesday. Like if the decision can be made right now or tomorrow, (laughs) we make it tomorrow. We don't make it next Tuesday. It's not next Tuesday. Um, And forcing that level of speed um, is challenging and it becomes difficult as you add every single person to your team. Um, And so it's a, it's a big value of ours. Incredible. And really that entrepreneurial spirit, building that into larger businesses. And as you're growing and scaling up your business, sometimes it can be hard to to keep that entrepreneurial spirit. Um, What makes somebody entrepreneurial or intrapreneurial, or in your case, a revisionary, you know, in your eyes? You know, I think a revisionary is someone who has, you know, just has this incredible grit and persistence, is completely able to understand the failure, is is completely living in the reality that something isn't working and then is relentless at building the next iteration to get to a big piece of innovation. Like that's really what it is. And I just, I love this term revisionaries. Um, mm-hmm. It was, you know, I was working with the producers at Audible and they helped come up with it. because I was trying to describe this concept of what it takes. And they're like, it's just a constant reimagining of mm-hmm. what this could be. And so I think it's, um, I think it's an incredible term and the way I would describe everyone that comes on the show. Incredible. And as a successful serial entrepreneur, if you could really give one piece of advice to the fellow women innovators, women entrepreneurs who are listening to the Thrive podcast today, um, who are either looking to start or scale their business, what would be that one key piece of advice that you'd like to leave our listeners with? You know, I think there's never been a better time as a woman to build a business. You know, I'm mm. not, there is, there is certainly structural problems in every system in the world, no matter what you look at. But, you know, the first thing I look at is, you know, if I had been born two generations earlier, I would have never been afforded this series of opportunities. And I don't spend a lot of my time 
looking for bias. I mean, here's what I can control mm. in my world. The only thing I can control is my output. I know when I go fundraise that I would get 95 no's for every five yeses I get. And so what I have to do is just 95 pitch meetings. And it doesn't matter if I get a lot of no's. Um, and I think that's partially because I started my career very early. I had no idea at 21 years old if people weren't taking me serious because I was 21, because I was a woman, or because I had no idea what I was talking about. All three were very mm. true at the time. And so, you know, and, and yeah, you should laugh. Like, it, it's true. Um, and and if you just control your output, like, that allows you um, to build something way better. And so, you know, look, I think I am very aware of the structural problems um, that affect women. I think ClearBank um, has a big role to play in how we get female founders funded. You know, one of the things about our model is that we just use AI to make our investing decisions. And so as a mm. result of that, we have backed eight times more women than the venture capital industry average, which I'm enormously proud of. And I think, you know, gives mm -hmm. way for an incredible model for us to be looking at how to fund um, more females. But I mean, as a woman myself, I think there's just never been a time to build. And I, and I never, ever one day have looked at it as a disadvantage. I always look at it as an advantage. Fantastic. I could not agree anymore, uh, Michelle, that that resonates with me very deeply. And I think with many, many people in our audience as well. Now is is a fantastic time, uh, but really incredible to see the work that ClearBank is doing, the work that you personally are doing to champion women, um, innovators, entrepreneurs, um, and uh, supporting in your, your various ventures across, you know, Dragon's Den, across ClearBank, uh, and across all of your various adventures. So really incredible to see in action. Awesome. Well, no, I'm, I'm glad. Um, I'm glad you're enjoying it. It's it's very fun. You know, Audible comes out, um, is out this week. We put the first three episodes out this week. Um, Dragon's Den will premiere on the 22nd of October. So we're very excited about that. And all of the businesses, we filmed that in August this year. So all of the businesses, you can see the incredible pivots that founders have done during COVID. And, um, you know, then we just continue to expand with ClearBank. We launched a new, you know, inventory product. We announced a new mm -hmm. CFO and um, we announced our expansion to the UK uh, last week. So mm -hmm. it's been a, it's been a busy fall. I hear that. Incredible, Michelle. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the Thrive Podcast today, for sharing some really helpful advice um, to women entrepreneurs, um, you know, talking about failure, talking about your competitive advantage and staying agile, staying nimble, um, and really being relentless and constantly, uh, you know, reimagining your potential and where you're, you're heading with your businesses. So really great advice, Michelle. Thanks again for joining us on the show. Awesome. It was great to be here. Be sure to check out Michelle Romanow's new Canadian Audible original, The Revisionaries, at audible.ca. Thank you for joining us this week on The Thrive Podcast, where we help women entrepreneurs to start and build thriving businesses. Thank you to the Startup Canada production team, BDC, and Scotiabank for helping us to power women entrepreneurs. Visit startupcan.ca forward slash women to download the playbook Resources for Women Entrepreneurs with a comprehensive list of support for you and your business. Visit startupcan.ca for the latest episodes of the Startup Canada podcast hosted by Rick Spence and plug into the Startup Canada network. Until next time, I'm Kayla Isabel. It's time to thrive.